Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we're going to discussing the video games of 1991. I'm your host Michael and John's on the other side. He's taking over, buddies. Yay! <laughs> and the village rejoiced. <laughs> oh yes, but video games for the year 1991. Well, let's start this off like we have uh, most of these shows. We're talking about like the new companies that got formed in this year. Uh, id software or id software whichever it is uh was officially uh, founded and they're of course the people who gave us wolfenstein 3d the dooms quake duke nukem the kings of the first person shooters <laughs> yeah the people who basically redefined uh, uh a part of gaming for a very long time now, is it still but, is it still the number one? <laughs> is it the number one most popular genre? Am I wrong? It uh, probably. I mean, I'm sure everyone every year buys thousands of copies of Call of Duty, so I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, it does very well. I mean, otherwise, otherwise, it's fighting game. Well, no, no. Actually, what's probably the most popular, most uh, monetarily viable is Minecraft. Well, I was thinking, what is a uh... Well, Skyrim and Cyberpunk, are these all the same kind of like uh, massive RPG games? What are these kind of games? I'm so far behind on video games now. Well, open, giant open world games. Uh, yeah. But that's, yeah, RPGs, but then you also have uh, Grand Theft Auto V, which is also open world and making hand over fist uh, because of the online stuff and the fact that people are so perfectly willing to buy, to exchange real currency for fake currency <laughs> what the fuck is elden ring that's all i've been seeing this whole week what is elden ring elden ring is the new game from from software it is it is also open world but it's the from software the people who gave us uh, uh dark souls and and so uh, basically the souls born game okay okay so it's a game my fiance really wants to play huh. and i've I've told her, you know, well, she she will play it. She will get it. She will play it. I'm sure she'll she'll enjoy it. I just kind of keep telling her that I'd rather uh, stick my uh, ball sack in a drawer and slam it shut a bunch of times <laughs> because I think that would probably be more entertaining and pleasurable than playing a soul sporting game. <laughs> but, All right. that's, but that's because I can't get good at them. What game is it you're playing on Twitch right now, then? I can't remember. Uh, Record of Lotus War... Uh, no, I'm not gonna go through the whole town, but it's a, uh, it is a uh, Metroidvania style game. Yeah, so. you're well, you're playing something before that though, weren't you? Uh, let's see, before that I did some Mass Effect. Nah, it was some game that everybody was talking about. I can't remember what. Never mind. Um, so let's start off. Uh, actually, let's hit rewind and go straight back to 1991 and uh, <laughs> back to where we were. I apologize okay. for that segue. Uh, <laughs> no worries. Uh, we had Vicarious Visions also uh, got for, uh, formed this in '91. Uh, basically, they're mostly known for ports of like popular games to handheld consoles, but they are responsible for like Crash Team Racing and all the Guitar Hero games, starting with number three. Uh, more recently, they did the remakes of uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two and Diablo two remakes. Oh, I didn't know they remade any of those. Oh yeah, and apparently, uh, at least the Tony Hawk one has been pretty well received. I don't remember if anyone likes the remake of Diablo 2 or not. But then again, I think everyone just kind of pissed off at the fact that anything that's Diablo exists now. Because it's not original Diablo 2. Mm. 
but they're also one of the games uh, or two of the games that they're known for and people really like are the Xbox ports of uh, the Star Wars games Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy. Okay. Uh, also this year, Bungie was formed, and they're known for the huge, hyper-selling, best game ever, Marathon. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, Halo, Destiny, That's those are their babies. Uh, pretty much uh, they got sucked up by Xbox by uh, Microsoft pretty early on and yeah like I said Halo, Halo became a huge thing for them they became a uh, very well known very well known studio and then broke broke free and did Destiny wait is Let's that what you were playing I think you played Destiny no, no you didn't okay then what? I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking of <laughs> let's see uh, Silicone in Synapse uh this is a company that uh, we all know, and we've actually mentioned one of their products already. Uh, they got rebranded as a company called Blizzard. Ah. So, yes, Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, and, of course, the most important uh, game in their catalog, The Lost Vikings. <laughs> Dude, that game's awesome. Don't don't What's, laugh. Did they play Blackthorn, or uh, create Blackthorn, the one where you could, uh, back in 94 or whatever, it's where you could take a shotgun behind you and shoot, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I th I want to say yes, but I'm also, I think that might have been someone else. Okay. But yeah, it seemed to remember the the way the logo of the company that made it looked. I, I want to say yes. I'm looking it up while you're talking, because I gotta know. But but while we're looking, uh, while you're looking that up, the last, last main company that uh, formed this year was the 3DO company. Uh which we'll 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 get into what they did uh a couple of years from now but uh currently they're mostly known for the army men and might and magic franchises which eh, the army men games aren't too bad but uh i don't remember anyone ever liking might and magic or heroes of might and magic and no, I, I don't know that one at all i only know and, army men but well it's also they have like eight nine games in that franchise and i genuinely don't know why um it was uh blizzard for uh blackthorn interplay pr uh, published it okay but uh all right now i'm gonna mix up some things uh, games that came out in the arcade and or on pc uh the first one i'm gonna i think we might have talked about this uh a few years back with uh dragon slayer but uh time traveler I don't know this uh, one. Okay, this was a hologram game, and it sucks. Uh, according to Wikipedia, this game has a plot. I chose to ignore reading about it and caring about it because, really, this game was just a cheap gimmick that yeah. existed to steal your I remember money. there was a fighting game that was a hologram, but that's the only one that I ever remember. Yeah, effectively, you had these full-motion video uh, segments where... Uh, you know, like, said, like in uh, Dragon's Lair, you have to hit hit your uh, control in the right direction or else die. And instead of a knight, you had a cowboy. And I guess there was something to do with time travel because that's the name of the game. But uh, I remember playing this at Disneyland a couple of times. And it was like, I remember right, it was like a buck or two bucks a, a pop. And I played it two times. Both times, I couldn't get past the first screen. <laughs> Something like Dragon's Lair 2. And it, that taught me an important lesson to never play gimmick games. Nope. 
Okay. Uh, next up, actual seriously a good a good one uh, is Another World. And generally, I, I will say this: I don't really like this game, but I respect the hell out of it. I don't even remember what this is. Uh, this is uh, what this is one of the games, kind of like uh, Prince of Persia, that you. Oh, the, okay. Yeah, I thought it was called Out of this World. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was there was another one that came after it too, and I'm I'm now blanking on the name. But uh, basically, this guy, your physicist, who gets transported by accident to this alien world, and what's kind of nice about it, and also frustrating about it, is that you kind of have to figure everything out by context clues. Because everything is in an alien language, and you can't speak it or read it, and you never will. So you just kind of have to explore and not get killed, because everything in this game will will one-shot you. Wow, this is all—it's—it's it's been published so many times. They just must have remade it because it's on the Switch now, uh, 2018. I can't imagine it's the same game, but yeah, it used the uh, oh, yeah. cell animation. Yeah, and actually, I have it on the PS4. That was one of these games that they gave away for free, and I'm going. I need to try this out again. I remember this from like the Super Nintendo Genesis era, and I got to try this out. It went, wow! I can't figure this stupid thing out at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, they also <laughs> I, did flashback a few years later. I remember this. Yeah, but yeah, it's like there's no HUD. You just have a. At one point, you get a breath meter, and that's the only. That's the only thing that'll tell you what's going on. It's. <laughs> it, it, it's a beautiful game. I respect the hell out of it, but not for me. But what game is for me is Lemmings. Yay! Yes, the one of the best puzzle strategy games. Uh, you basically get to guide these uh, stupid creatures to a goal, and you have a very specific number that you have to save, mostly because you're going to have to uh, dictate, you know, because you can dictate rules for each one of these things. Like one can build a little, uh, like 12 step bridge and one can, uh, and you can give them parachutes and you can uh, make guys into little stopping, you know, stoppers and stuff. Yeah. And it was a refreshing change in puzzle games because for a while there, and I think it even continued after this, we were stuck in the Tetris uh, idea of puzzle games. Like that's all they ever made was versions of Tetris. Yeah, what's nice and what's fun about it is like the puzzles were were challenging, but to like a ten ten year old me, I could figure it out. Yeah, I mean, well, yes, it's like Bomberman. Yes. Bomberman's a puzzle game. It's just different, but it's also complicated and challenging enough, but without making you pissed. Yeah, and what's fun about it is if you really did get frustrated with them, you can uh, have all your lemmings explode. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, you just. You have a, either one where you can just set a single one to explode, or you can just detonate the whole lot of them. And so, yeah, I, I, it was fun. It was also a game that really got twisted, because I didn't really think about it at the time, but looking back at some of the screenshots, there's, like, bleeding skulls and stuff like that. And some <laughs> it's like... It's like, oh yeah, here's here's a uh, here's a nice happy you know forest level. Here's this. Oh, we're now in hell. <laughs> I don't remember that. I must have got that far. <laughs> I had on the Genesis. Well, what systems were this on besides the Genesis? Was this a PC uh, game? This this was a PC game. Okay. Yeah, it got ported like everything because it really didn't require much to run. No. Now, one of the biggest turn-based strategy games of 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 all time made its debut in '91 as well, and that's Civilization. I have never played Civilization. 
I I've played I played the one that's on Xbox on 360 and uh, God I played one other one and I can't remember if it was three or four I think it might have been three but uh, this is the game that gave us the meme of uh, psychotic of psychotic Gandhi I don't know this meme oh you've never heard of this oh basically the idea is that in the civilization games Gandhi is a total lunatic yeah <laughs> <laughs> and now it's it is actually a thing based on bullshit. Like someone, in like, <laughs> someone in a Reddit post made, uh, kind of started saying like, "Oh yeah, here's a reason for this," and there's an actual reason behind what people think is overly aggressive Gandhi. Uh, the story is that there's a bug in in the code in the original game that had Gandhi's uh, aggression level set at one, but when your civilization gains democracy it knocks back your aggression factor by two points, which would put Gandhi at a negative one. But since there is no negative one, it would actually roll it back all the way to like 9,000, aggression like 9,998 or something like that, or 99. So apparently it would be like he'd have the highest aggression ever and just, you know, the second that uh, he is it's, uh, possible for him to have nukes, he'll just become nuclear Armageddon Gandhi. And <laughs> the, the truth of the matter is is that the moment that nukes are uh, are accessed are accessible to by everybody everyone gets a little twitchy yeah <laughs> it's just you, it's just you don't really think of Gandhi <clears throat> as being the one who would uh, go for the nuclear uh, option first right so but, yeah but basically the game was you build up your civilization to a point where you either conquer all the other nations around you or you win the space race to Alpha Centauri. And then later on, it actually became, uh, what is it? You can have a cultural victory, you can have a military victory, or you can have a technological victory based on whichever one that you become the, the greatest at before anyone else. Okay. And yeah, it's it's a hell of a series. I mean, I've only played two main titles, but I've seen a lot of stuff with them and it's the ultimate version of SimCity. Which I love SimCity, yeah. so I should play this. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Uh, all right, Monkey Island 2. Ooh, another uh, animation game. Uh, LucasArts. Uh, LucasArts. I, I really wish they had stuck to independent games instead of you know, just doing stuff based on what it, you know what the franchise has already developed. Now, I will be honest, this is one I haven't played, but I have played the original one, and this is also by the same creators. Uh, it is, you know, more point-and-clicky, uh, point-and-click adventure stuff, but they did actually give you a uh, difficulty level, so you could actually have easier puzzles, or yeah. skip puzzles, effectively. Uh, but the thing is, and one of the reasons why I should be to blame for this, the game didn't sell well, so it was well-received, by like the five people who bought it. Nah, I didn't have a PC at the time, so I got out of this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a PC, but I just that was not a that was not a game that I ended up getting a chance to try. But it has a cult following, and it's considered a classic, and it doesn't surprise me because the first one's so great. Now, in the arcade, Sunset Riders came out. Is that the the shooting one where you have to get a rifle? Or uh, uh, a revolver and shoot at the screen. Am I thinking nope. of something else? You're, you're thinking of something else. Okay. Uh, Sunset Riders. You, you do have the you do have the right thing with uh, 
what's it called? The uh, you do have brain. Brain has been out to lunch. Sorry, people. <laughs> Every day uh, for me, <laughs> permanent lunch. I'm gonna look up anyway. Sunset Riders. Yeah, it's a it's a western. Yeah, you did have that right. Uh, Side scroller shooter, where you are a uh, up to you and three oh other players. no, I know this. I just played this. I didn't realize it. It's on my uh, Raspberry Pi. It's really hard to play with a controller. Oh my god, this game is so much fun. It is. Uh, but I, I wish I just had a um, a gun to use with it. Yeah, it's like five of these stages. You run you run around these areas on foot. You got two horseback stages, and the, and there's a train one. I genuinely do not remember if I've ever played the train the train section on this thing, but I do remember those horse sections where you're riding a horse, having to jump over obstacles. You can lean down off the side of the horse and shoot people. It's it's a good, it's a really fun game, and the type of stuff that is really sore, sorely missed in this age because yeah, you have Red Dead Redemption, you have some of these other. You have shooters and stuff like that, but nothing as fun and arcadey as this has come out in a long time. Yeah, like I've missed the uh, cartoony character designs. That, you know, like especially because like Metal Slug is one of my favorite games of all time. I miss that look. But uh, next up is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. This is the rail shooter, right? This is a rail shooter. You got the uh, giant light guns, uh, where you and a partner are T-800s that uh, you go and battle Skynet to get sent back in time to follow the plot of the film. I feel and, like, if I'm correct, didn't they use basically the same, they just redressed everything for, what was that Aerosmith game? Revolution oh, X Revolution X. Yeah. yeah. I, I, isn't it the same exact game, just redressed characters? I don't think it's the exact same okay. game, but, but it, there's there's a lot of games that that fit in that same mold, so it wouldn't have been that surprising if, if it is the same manufacturer, at least, the same developer. I wouldn't be surprised if they reused a bunch of assets. Yeah. But there, this game, and I did not know this, actually had two endings, based yeah. on how well you, Yeah. Basically, based on... Uh, when you do the uh, mission that's set in the Cyberdyne Labs, if you destroy all of the equipment, you actually do stop Judgment Day. Otherwise, you pretty much just delay it. Huh. But but it's still going to happen. I feel like this was in every single Walmart. You were you know, Same thing with Revolution X. It's like it just took its place. Uh, every single time you went to a department store, they had one of these in the lobby. Oh, this, this was like in every arcade I've ever been to. Everyone had a copy of this. Yeah. Now, what else is uh, in arcades was Fatal Fury, King of Fighters. And this was SNK's answer to Capcom Street Fighter 2. And it was actually created by original Street Fighter creator uh, Takashi, uh, Takashi Nishi, Nishiyama. I, I'm a big SNK fan, Neo Geo. Uh, but I'm mostly a fan of like their non-fighting games. But I always love the design of the characters in the setup. I've never played Fatal Fury. I really don't think I have. Well, Fatal Fury, it's it pretty much is just a very much a Street Fighter clone where you have all these characters have specific moves and things like that. The one thing that kind of sets us apart though is that you could actually jump between the foreground and background. And that was kind of neat. No, I have you played know, this. Okay, no, I remember that. Unless other games have done this. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it, other games have done this since, but this okay. was like the first time you could do that. And this 
series did run for a little while, but it technically became it kind of continues on because they had a a, a spinoff title where they took characters from Fatal Fury and uh, their other one of their other fr- uh, franchises, Art of Fighting, called uh, the King of Fighters. And that is now the game that's got like 13 games in the series. Yeah, that's the one. There's been a movie of King of Fighters. I remember it not being good. And also, I think there was an animated film of Fatal Fury as well. I could be wrong on that one. Yeah, yeah, there was. But uh, now getting into more well-known games. The Simpsons game. Yay! One of the top three best-selling games of 91. I, I love this game so much. This was in my uh, local video store, Hometown Video. Um, we played it nonstop, burnt through so many quarters, and I hadn't seen it in forever, and we were in Vegas. And in our hotel, we had like a game room, and they had this set up and <laughs> like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> me and my brother-in-law are playing this until eyes were like watering because we were so tired. But yeah, it's like it, what's neat about this is that it is perfectly well-balanced. None of the Simpsons feel like they, you know, like, Oh Lesser god, I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm stuck having to play as Marge. I'm playing Lisa. Oh, I gotta play Homer. What the hell? I always we only want to play Bart. No, they all they all played very well. And uh, what's kind of funny about this is that this does have a a piece of the original uh, Simpsons concept that Matt Groening uh, had for Marge. You you know about this one, right? No, what is it? Uh, Marge was originally supposed to be a bunny woman from the Life uh, Life in Hell comics. Oh, I didn't know that. Which which is why she has the beehive haircut. It's ah. hiding her ears. And you can see this in the game because anytime she gets shocked uh, and she like see her skeleton, you can actually see like the bunny ears under the hair. I never noticed that. Yeah, I noticed it. I just thought it was really bizarre, but I never thought about it until like years later when I heard about this and I went. Oh, that that explains something. God, I used to be a fiend of that comic strip. I discovered it like right before Simpsons became a series. I knew who it was, like the guy that did Simpsons created Life as Hell. But my friends would sneak him into school because we weren't, you know, we're not gonna have him in the school library, and just being absolutely fascinated. That's a side note. I just I love that cartoon. Well, the next one up and last thing for our arcade is Street Fighter Two. The original version, even though there are going to be like 900 different versions of Street Fighter (laughs) 2. Yeah. And this is one of those rare games that really did change gaming forever. Yeah. It's like everything about this game with its roster of characters with the unique moves, its six-button control, uh, its uh, use of intentionally and unintentionally uh, combos. You know, it's like all this stuff became staples of fighting franchises from this point on. I wonder what got into their heads to change the first game so much. Probably no one was playing the first one that much. Maybe, but then why why not just start a whole new series? That's the weirdest thing. Well, I think because they had all those uh, standees where you could punch the control as the punch and kick. Well, no, just punch the uh, big buttons. That it was a known IP. So okay. hey, let's go ahead and just bank on people knowing what street fighter is but yeah basically re reinventing the wheel but god there were so many versions of this game yeah that's ridiculous you know champ let's see it's championship edition super uh 
Turbo, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, uh, Rainbow Edition, which is unofficial. It's like, God, like what, five, six versions of this game that existed. But uh, now we're going to move on to consoles and with the Sega Genesis. One of the first RPGs that I bought, fully know well what an actual RPG was, and also one that I actually beat, was Fantasy Star 3, Generations of Doom. I don't know if I've ever played these. I might have when I was just testing out something in the Raspberry Pi, but I know they're huge. Yeah, the, the Fantasy Star series got is... I'm not going to say it's the an- Sega's answer to, uh, to the Final Fantasy franchise, but uh, kind of was. Uh... What's kind of neat about this one, because of the of the four main games in the franchise, this is the one that people kind of shit on, and I really don't know why. Huh? Because this this had one of the more interesting concepts, which was as you play the game, you get to a point where you you know your hero saves the day, rescues the princess, and you get a choice where you can marry the the woman that you were intended to marry at the beginning, or you can marry this other girl, and then your descendant then picks up the story a few, you know, some decades later and continues on. And then they get married and you basically can change. You get a different, like different characters and stuff like that, depending on the choices that you make in these, in these little segments. It's like very few games have ever really gone and said, Hey, we're going to make this a generational storyline and actually give you a, choice into how your next run of characters is going to kind of look okay now one game that is beloved is uh road rash (laughs) the motorcycle whip you with a chain game (laughs) Game. hell yeah (laughs) i love this one (laughs) motorcycle racing meets vehicular combat gotta get to the end of the course and beat the shit out of anyone who tries to get in your way and it was a fast-paced game like even considering like some of the how the racing games are set up and this is just you got a bike in the middle of this and you guys just have the you know things coming towards you effectively yeah but it never it never felt like you were in the you never felt like oh this is just a an illusion of speed it always felt like things were genuinely coming at you quickly and you actually had to you know, have good reflexes to keep not only yourself from getting hit by any of your your rival bikers, but hitting any of these uh, things like cars or signs or anything like that that's obstacles in your way. And I remember, I think the X Games for the PlayStation 1 took a lot from this game, like concepts and in, in the way of the game design. Yeah, what's funny is this was actually supposed to be an NES game. Oh. But... But then the uh, but then EA saw that you know there was there's no way to actually do what they wanted to do with it, so they went and saw what Sega had and went, oh, this system can can totally handle what we want to do. We're just going to move all our concepts to this. Yeah, well, also the rules set up in Nintendo tend to be against what Road Rash is going for. Road Rash is geared more towards rebellious, you know, teenagers, which is what Genesis's bread and butter was. Yeah, and here's here's one of those rebellious teenager type games, Toe Jam and Earl, <laughs> a very early roguelike game, and I hadn't thought about that until until I was you know doing research, and I went, yeah, it kind of is because the game is, your levels are uh, 
randomized. You don't, uh, you know, as well as all of the enemies and items that are in it. So unlike, you basically just, every time you play, it's a new experience. And you can't, you basically like in a roguelike game, Every, unless you fully beat the game, every time that you start from the beginning, it's going to be a new experience. Well, anytime you start from the beginning, it's going to be a new experience, no matter what, beat it or not. But yeah, but you can only get you can only beat it one time. You can't just you know uh, save your game. Well, now you can't with save states, but you know, You're right, right. Original Genesis game, you had to start and finish it. Otherwise, start all the way over from the beginning. But also pretty non-violent because the only weapons that you had in this game were tomatoes, and you threw them at uh, your at the bad guys, and they just went and they just go pop. But yeah, these two uh, aliens for the planet Funkotron who look like really, <laughs> really bad. Wow, really bad nineties <laughs> uh, uh, hip hop oh. types. Oh, ew. Yeah, it was at the time it was okay. Now it's just kind of yeah. This was the nineties. Yep. This Awkward. is this is what this is what grown ups thought it was thought was hip. Mm-hmm. Dorks. <laughs> well, now we have Streets of Rage came out. Now Streets of Rage was okay, so the first Street Fighter wasn't that close to being like Streets of Rage and Final Fight. Was it more mm. of a side-scrolling brawler? Am I wrong? It wasn't so much a side-scroller. It, it looks more like them, but no, it was still a fighting game. It was just, it was very limited in what it, in what they did. Okay. What could they? Whereas this is more like do, uh, Double Dragon. Hmm. And you basically play as what? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, it's like you and a friend could play one, uh, play one of three cop or former cops turned vigilante. As you go and fight your way through this uh, town that's controlled by the this evil, you know, syndicate and its leader, Mister Big, and you know, it's there's punks and thugs and women in dominatrix gear that you fight, <laughs> and that's the way it's done in real world, kids. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately you fight up to the bad guy himself. Now, if you're playing with a friend, you actually get a choice where you can side with the bad guy. And what's kind of fun was if you say, yeah, I'll side with you and your friend says no, you actually fight your friend to the death. And then you'll end up having to, if I remember right, then you have to fight the boss anyway. Now I read somewhere, I'm pretty sure it's the same game, Streets of Fire was originally, was huge in Japan, unlike in America. And they wanted to turn that that into a video game and they couldn't get the rights and it became, it, it morphed into Streets of Rage. Am I wrong? I don't know about that. I would have thought, it, if anything, this is closer to Warriors. Yeah. Look at I swear I read it somewhere. Ah! Go ahead. Sorry. Well, oh, here it is. It says it's it's uh, originally Final Fight was set up to be like Streets of Fire. Okay. Yeah, because I'm still going, no. I mean, this is definitely, you know, Streets of Rage does owe a lot to all these other games of that genre. And it just did it better and with better music. Now, finally for Sega, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sega's answer to Mario, the blue blur himself. Oh my god, Sonic, he has become so fucking annoying these years. <laughs> like, I like the movie, though. I still haven't seen it. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah, you know what's funny is as I've gotten older and I've had vision problems, I have 
it's almost impossible for me to play uh, Sonic because the way the screen and character moves so fast that it gives me vertigo. Yeah, which is funny is that yeah they they did make their their marketing team were brilliant in saying like how much you know how super fast Sonic blast Sonic processing <laughs> yeah versus versus Mario games even though let's be honest Mario games were not that slow paced but yeah there's Sonic always seemed to run a lot quicker in just in a general sense not just because he runs fast right the detailing um, the way that it would it would process all of that was way better yeah and but then of course you also had the uh those underwater levels with sonic's teeny tiny lung capacity and the really really unfair chaos emerald stage those all those uh little uh little like uh rotating puzzles that you had to find your way to the center of and get get into the middle of those were bullshit. But then again, Sonic 2 didn't really fix it either, so... Uh, but that is the first game of a franchise that has long overstayed its welcome, but does have four genuinely amazing titles in it. Maybe five. Yeah, what was it? I feel like after... these tried to go like three-dimensional, I remember, and that was like, nah, I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, well, well, this I, I I do think the Sonic Adventure games have have their merits at some point, but I only think one of those is actually any good. Now, on Nintendo side, we get a new console launch because the Super Nintendo Entertainment System came out. We lost our fucking minds in high school. I don't know how you dealt with it, but we were like, how did they... But the Nintendo's still going... St- I, how much better are these games? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, let's let's all be honest with ourselves. This is the game that won that generation's console war. I had a Genesis. I love my Genesis. Yeah, same here. I'm a Genesis guy, but I don't mind the Super Nintendo. Oh, Super... I, I will say Super Nintendo had far more better and more iconic games not not that every game that came out was better or like you know as in everything they released was gold no it's just the games that are absolutely superb outmatch the ones that are on the genesis and yeah stuff. and just and, but then you know aladdin mortal Kombat are still the best best uh multi uh multi-console versions that were on the genesis so Eat it, Nintendo. <laughs> but, uh, okay. One thing I loved about their marketing for the system was that uh, they would talk about the tech in the system in a way that would seem like everybody was all tech-savvy and shit. Like, you know, they would talk about the Mode 7 graphics. I'm a fucking 10-year-old. I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> you're talking about. I don't about. know as an adult just, what that means. I, 40-year-old me only knows what mode 7 is because i looked it up while doing research on this yeah. <laughs> now it's like okay i knew this much about it it had something to do with like backgrounds or something because it was in like f-zero and uh contra and like final the final fantasy games that they did you know so it's like i i knew it had something to do with like uh the overworlds and stuff like that because you know what the hell else was what the hell else was mode seven going to be in, in F zero for fuck's sake? Other than the the outworld of the track, but okay, it basically was for the backgrounds uh, to create a sense of three dimensions in them. 
basically by turning the background into a 2D horizontal texture mapped plane that basically creates height for depth. Basically, things look a little more 3D when you're looking down on them as opposed to like, you know, as, as them just stuck to a wall or something. Mm-hmm. So again, like in uh, the Final Fantasy games, uh, uh, did you play Final Fantasy six? No, I've only uh, ever played. Your... Hold on. Or, well, three. I uh, watched someone play seven. I said this shit ain't for me, but I played like the first, whatever the one was on the Nintendo. That I think it was three that blew up. Yeah, there's the opening segment. Uh, I mean, uh, the the world maps and stuff like that in in Final Fantasy six slash three. But uh, the opening segment is also a great use of it because you get this uh, opening segment where these characters are marching on a town and you have this illusion of a 3D world all around you as these, as these people are marching forward through, through a snow-covered, uh, you know, snow-covered uh, field to their destination. And that, I think, is probably the best use of that technology. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, aside from that, the console uh, didn't really rely on uh, gimmicky peripherals. I mean, you did have the Super so- uh, super Scope. Yeah, but the Nintendo did... was plagued with gimmicks to the point where I think it really pissed off a lot of people, so it was a good decision. Yeah, they basically just let the game speak for themselves as opposed to, hey, here you go, have a, uh, have a mat on the floor and it'll, it'll allegedly track your motions. Yeah, so many fucking stupid gimmicks on that thing that never really worked right. The thing you had to yell at? Fire! 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 (laughs) Yeah, no. But, uh, so now, on the Super NES, I'm gonna just... This one is gonna be a very brief one. Super Castlevania 4. It's not a bad game. You know, it's more Castlevania. I just wanted to mention it more so because the trend of adding the word super to SNES games... (laughs) It kind of begins at the very beginning of this. There's a lot of games. I only chose to pick on Castlevania because we know Castlevania. But, yeah, at least the first two years, there was a lot of games, and it was just super franchise titles. Well, I think it's so funny is they they ran themselves into a corner with Super Mario Brothers because they already did the Mario to Super Mario, and then they're like, uh, oops. <laughs> All right, but uh, a couple of games for this that were really cool that came out. Pilot Wings. This one is good. I mm, the Nintendo sixty four. When we get to this, I'm gonna be very annoyed. <laughs> uh, you you played, but you have played this one, right? Because this is fun. It's a little flight simulator thing. You get to fly these planes, hang gliders. You get to skydive. You get to fly fly with a rocket belt. It's not really a whole lot to say about this game up until you get to uh, the point where you complete all these uh, trials with these little things. Then the game goes nuts because you end up having to uh, fly an attack helicopter to a secret base run by a syndicate that has kidnapped all the instructors that you just had and have to fly them out while avoiding anti-aircraft fire and shooting rockets at uh, things. It's like, what? Wait. This was low key nothing, just just fun you know fun times, and now let's blow the shit out of uh, out of some evil bad guys base. Hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I just had you dumbfounded with the fact that Pilot Wings 
turns into like fucking Rambo halfway through. Yeah, I didn't know this. Sorry, that's weird. <laughs> I got distracted for a second. I'm sorry. Shiny object. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pilot wings. You are so crazy. Now, Final Fantasy IV came out. We just mentioned that. Uh, well, the sequel, but uh, it was released as Final Fantasy II in the U.S. and also simplified because they didn't think we would have been able to handle it. Yeah, and... I don't. I remember that being an issue. That the numbers were completely out of order. Yeah, well, it makes some sense because we didn't get Final Fantasies two and three out here, so yeah, because RPGs were not a thing. It's so weird because they're so you know synonymous now with gaming. It's but for a while there, they were so unsure. Like they gave away Dragon Warrior because they wanted people to you know you try out RPGs and see if this will go, and and nobody was sure for years. But then I just remember like Final Fantasy three just really took off and was always in the top like two or three most popular games uh, for Nintendo. Oh yeah. Well, that's and that's the thing is uh, this one and Final Fantasy, well, Final Fantasy two and Final Fantasy three for the Super Nintendo are considered by most fans who have played more than uh, Final, just Final Fantasy seven as the probably the better game, best better or best games of the franchise. Depending on who you ask, you'll either get three, two or three as being the number one. Myself, I'm a person who one hundred percent thinks the series peaked with their with Final Fantasy number six and everything after that has been either as good or less just than. nowhere near yeah, yeah completely lesser than and what's neat about Final Fantasy 2 is that it's the first game that brought in the active battle timer so you had the little gates that uh, that filled up while you're waiting your, in your turn-based battle so you can kind of see who would be next and you could always manipulate that by putting on different uh items to increase that or cast spells that would slow your fill your bad guy stuff and this has one of the better stories of the franchise where you have a dark knight who uh you know you're, you're basically the a villain starting out and you end up fighting your way and uh, turn into a paladin and save the world and the moon hmm. because sci-fi we need to have we started they started really investing in the science fiction aspects of of these franchises as well because okay yeah there's time travel in the first one but uh this one really is kind of where if i remember right where the sci-fi stuff because yeah you have aliens and a hollow moon and you know it's like you you fly an airship called the Enterprise, although that's not the thing that takes you to space. But whatever. Right. Weird. But it's it, I definitely say give this one a shot. This is a this one's a blast. Uh, now, the absolute maybe the absolute best racing game off off the Super Nintendo was ironically one of the first games that came out, and that's F Zero. F-Zero, is that another early Nintendo 64 game, too? They did a Super F-Zero or something? I seem to remember that. Yeah, they did a they did one on Super Nintendo. This is, for me, this is the only F-Zero game, really. All the other ones aren't as good. But, uh, yeah, future racing game where you actually had to memorize the tracks. Oh, God, the any racing game. No! <laughs> I yeah, am terrible I mean, at every racing game, no matter what. Yeah. It's like most racing games up to this point where, you know, you basically just had a track coming at you and you just had to make left and right turns. This time, because of 
the way it was set up, you know, kind of this more behind the car, but also a little more isometric. You could see the the course ahead of you. You could see like extreme sharp turns and stuff. And I mean, if you weren't careful, you could hit a, a little boost, you know, a little uh, ramp that'll take you off in the middle of nowhere and blow up. <laughs> it's like you. It's like you had to memorize the tracks in order to actually get through this game. And it wasn't like they gave you a shit ton of them. It was mostly just the same four, you know, four tracks or so, just in like morning, noon, and night. Yeah. Or backwards or whatever. You know? Seriously, I gotta know why I'm so terrible at racing games. Is it the contr- is it me or is it the controllers? I don't understand. I'm the fucking worst. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Are you good at them? Uh, it depends on the racing game. I mean, I can do the ones where you're kind of competing side by side. I was good at uh, Spy Hunter. <laughs> I don't think that counts. Well, but <laughs> well, for, for racing, for racing games, it needs to be arcadey for me. I like uh, yeah, arcadey. I or can't drift the racers. technical ones. Oh my god, no! Like Forza or whatever that is. I, I played that once. I was like, nope. I, I, I can't. I'm crashing into walls left and right. Yeah, give me give me the uh, Ridge Racer series. Give me uh, Burnout. That's that's my cup, that's my cup of tea. What's the one that it was in also every single Walmart? You sat in the car, I think. Just well, pretty... that's there's a few of those. San San Francisco, for a few rush oh, oh, something oh, rush. Uh, oh, uh, there was Cruising USA. Okay, for that one. Uh, San, yeah, San Francisco Rush, I think. Yeah, the arcade yeah. style ones are a lot easier. I played the Fast and Furious arcade sit down one. That was a lot easier too. Well, I think it's having the wheel. The wheel makes a difference, I think, between that and like your little controller nub. Yes, very much so. Now, the last game we're going to talk about, I think you might be able to guess what it is. Mm. Perhaps. Mm. Nope. We did kind of mention it earlier. Was it Metal Slug? <laughs> it is not Metal Slug. Damn! It is Super Mario World. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Which, do 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 is not... Uh... Uh, this That's is when I tapped game. out, by the way. Mario World is the last Mario game that, you know, like straight up Mario game, not like Mario Tennis or Mario whatever, uh, Super Smash Brothers, um, that I could handle because after this, I feel like the graphics got so fucking irritating and, and you're going around in circles and it would just trigger my dizziness. Mm. Oh, no, that's, that's Paper kinda... Mario. I like Paper Mario. Does that count? That does. Well, no, that's a, that's still a spinoff. All right. But even so, yeah, it's like, of. The core of Mario games, yeah, this is my, the last one I really liked until Odyssey. But, uh, yeah, it's it's more Mario games, just bigger, badder, and uh, with with far better uh, controls. Because even even though it's still running off, you know, side side scrolling Mario stuff, the having the little corkscrew jump and the uh, Yoshi the little wingsuit and Yoshi, yes. Oh, and oh. Um, uh, selecting the worlds. Well, no, you can do that in three. You yeah. still have the same. Yeah, you have that same top-down world that you can go through. Shit, I think I combined both games in my brain somehow. But yeah, it basically Mario World took everything that they that they learned in the Nintendo okay. in the Nintendo era and perfected it. And I genuinely can't remember if I said if this one or Mario Three was my favorite. So I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna crazy. be inconsistent. I'm and a crazy say, person. My favorite is uh, two. <laughs> I just something so strange about the second one. I really locked on to. But yeah, like I said, I'll be inconsistent because inconsistency is what I do best, and say that this one is my favorite. Okay. And if I said three was, then 
You're a liar. Whatever. Yeah, then whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's once again, Mario and Peach, uh, they go off and do something, and Peach gets kidnapped, and Mario has to save her. You cause... know, just once, can't Mario get kidnapped, and she saves he... him? No, that's woke culture. We don't want you canceling Mario. <laughs> well, they did. It was Mario's missing, and Luigi oh. had to do yeah. But then again, there's also the uh, uh, Dorkly videos where Peach uh, has to rescue Mario. You know, I was and... thinking, <laughs> Luigi's probably like, fuck him. He gets all the credit and all the stardom. I'm not saving his ass. He gets stuck in a fucking mansion. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets real estate. Mario. That's true. He's, he's a man on the run. He's just roaming. He's uh, like... Um, uh, fuck from uh, uh, Kung Fu. Or like David oh, Carradine uh, wandering. Kane? Yeah, yeah Kane, Kane and Kung Fu. <laughs> is that uh, it? That, are we at the end? That is it. We Yay! are done. Another great episode down. Thank you for doing this one. I get overwhelmed sometimes with all the episodes I have to do. So, everybody, I want to give big kudos to John for helping me with the video games all these years. Yeah, I get to keep looking at looking up stuff and being reminded of games of yours. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of nice, isn't it? I don't drown myself in nostalgia, but it is nice to revisit, and there's a difference. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, everybody, check out John on Twitter. Where? Musician, M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. And also on Twitch, I am on Twitter and Facebook and all your podcast hosts as Hit Rewind Podcast. And that is it for tonight, uh, or whenever you're listening to this. I'm not going to force you to. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be back with 1991 movies, I think, or the next episode. I think we have a couple of those to go, and then back to 1992. Yep. All right, that yep. is it, everybody. Have a good Peace night. Peace out. Yay.